This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, there are there are more Christians that need to say, you know what, I have I have stayed so full because I just ate yesterday. I'm able to share what Jesus gave me today. Um, you know, every now and then we need God to kind of smack us on the back of the head like a sassy um, mom and say, "Boy, you need to go get you some Jesus." Um, when we when we step out of line. Because you can only share what you have, and you usually only share what you have more of than you actually need. Thanks for listening to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, lead and founding pastor of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon, and in this episode of Activate, we will be discussing the important value as Christians that we should have the value of sharing Jesus with others. This conversation is really just an extension of a recent message from our sermon series, Goals, Discovering God's purpose for our life. Pastor Christian, the heart of your message was from the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 5 through 14, where the disciples, Peter and John, were questioned before the religious council in Jerusalem. And and from this passage, you observed three things that should challenge Christians today, specifically when it comes to sharing Jesus. Um, The first one was this, that, that time with Jesus changes people. In fact, you stated that the first step of sharing Jesus is spending enough time with him to have some Jesus. Um, the thought there, I think, is that you can't share what you don't have. Um, so how has this shaped you and, and, and how you read the Bible, how you pray, how you memorize Scripture, how you read other books? How, how has this shaped you? Well, I think the thought is you, you can't give what you don't have, right? And, and we talked about in our fruit assessment you know how how Dr. Tim Keller, who you know has written so many great books, um, a great spiritual leader of our time, says if you know if you want to if you want to know what your true spiritual fruit is, you have to be squeezed. You know you can't you can't get any fruit juice out of any fruit until you squeeze it. So it has to be fruit under pressure. And I think the thought is you you can't just manufacture um, Jesus if if you have not been spending time with him. You don't have much of him. Uh, we went we went on a mission trip years ago to inner city Los Angeles with a student ministry that I was leading, um, and, and it was just awesome being in the urban culture, the urban setting, um, with a lot of single moms and their kids who were uh, doing ministry, showing us around areas of inner city Los Angeles like MacArthur Park and Skid Row. And there was this one mom whose kids used to hang out with us, um, you know, who who was just this kind of very passionate, very sassy, very fun, um, very loud uh, African-American mom who had two little kids that hung out with her in our group as we would go around doing mission stuff. And every now and then her kids would jack around and smack each other in the back of the head or cause trouble. And she would look at them when they would and she would say, boy, you need to go get you some Jesus. Boy, you need to go get you some Jesus. And that thought of, yeah, you like you got to get you some Jesus. Like if you want to share him, you have to have him. And if you want to have him, you got to go, you got to go get you some Jesus. You got to have some Jesus to share some Jesus. Uh, And I think a lot, a lot of Christians, I mean, later in this podcast, you're going to talk to me about the fact that three out of four Christians really believe that it's our responsibility to share Jesus. That means three out of four Christians ought ought to be having some Jesus and making sure on a daily basis we spend time with him to know him so that we can share him. Um, you usually only share what you have too much of, right? Whether it's money, whether it's food, 
um, whether it's clothing, most people in America are only willing to share what they have too much of. And I don't know too many Christians that would say, this morning I did so much quiet time, I don't need it all. Last week I spent so much time in the Bible, you know, God brought me more than I could eat. Today Danielle and I were having lunch with a couple in our church, um, and Danielle, you know, we were looking at the menu, and she said, do you want to share? And I said, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry. I don't want to share today. I need everything that they're going to put on my plate. I can't afford to give it to other people. There are, there are more Christians that need to say, you know what, I have, I have stayed so full because I just ate yesterday. I'm able to share what Jesus gave me today. Um, you know, every now and then we need God to kind of smack us on the back of the head like a sassy um, mom and say, boy, you need to go get you some Jesus um, when we when we step out of line, because you can only share what you have, and you usually only share what you have more of than you actually need. It's really powerful. Um, the second ob- observation was this from um, Sunday's message, that time with people you know uh, time with people who know Jesus changes people. Um, you gave us a, a gave us some time for self reflecting with this question, and that was this: Who's been healed simply because their life crossed paths with yours? For the person that is listening right now that is struggling to think of a single person who they have had a positive spiritual influence in their life, um, what what needs to be their next step uh, to elevate the importance of sharing Jesus? Well, I would say this first and foremost, if you are a Christian who is known to be a Christian, you are having influence on people, whether you know it or not. It may be a bad influence. You you may be having a negative spiritual influence on people. You may be having a positive spiritual influence on people. But everyone is influencing uh, everyone is influencing people somehow, especially once once they let somebody know that hey, I have I have faith. You know, the interesting thing about this story in Acts 4 that we're studying um, this weekend is being in Jerusalem. Uh, if you go to Jerusalem with me, our next Israel trip's January 2020. It's not full yet. If you're listening to the podcast, you've always wanted to go to Israel, man, come on. We'd love to have you go with us. Uh, but on the last day of our trip, we will kind of celebrate the Passion Day, and we'll find ourselves at Caiaphas's home outside of Jerusalem, outside the old city gates where the Apostle Peter and the Apostle John followed Jesus on the night he was betrayed, on the night he was arrested. Uh, and it was in the courtyard of the high priest that, that Peter, uh, you know, was, was asked, hey, aren't you, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? And three times he denied that he was one of Jesus' disciples. And then the rooster crowed, the sun began to come up, and um, Jesus' uh, prophecy that he would betray him three times came true. From that point in Jerusalem, you can see the temple steps uh, very, very clearly, where many people believe that the Apostle Peter would have preached in Acts chapter 2. You can see the southeast corner of the temple, where if you would wrap right around it, we would run into the gate called Beautiful that we're at in Acts chapter 4. I mean, it's you can, in in one glance, you can see Peter's greatest failure, and you can see the moment of his greatest faith. I mean, in one glance, in occurrences that happen within a year of each other, you see Peter's greatest faith and greatest failure at the exact same time. He said, what changed? An experience with Jesus, an experience of the risen Jesus changed him. And it's funny how the characters of the story are so same. I, po- I pointed this out on Sunday. 
that Peter in the high priest courtyard, Annas was there, Caiaphas was there, and Peter was afraid to be outed in front of them, is now standing in front of them in Acts chapter 4. And they said, tell us what you're doing. And he said, we're just helping people know who Jesus is. You killed him, but God raised him to life, and you need him in your life too. I mean, the boldness of this man. So this story for me is visual. I, I, like, I've been there. I see it. Um, and, and what I see is a man who, you know, Peter and John, uh, six weeks before, had they walked by this man begging, and he said, do you have any money? They may have had a few coins to give him, maybe not. They certainly would not have had the courage to say, you know what, I've, I've got something more important. I've got Jesus, which means this. Um, six weeks ago, you may have had zero spiritual influence on anyone in your life or zero positive influence on anyone in your life. That doesn't stop you from next week becoming the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 4. That doesn't stop you from walking by somebody who you've walked by a hundred times without giving them any of your Jesus and starting tomorrow. Um, that means that in your household, uh, you may have been married 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. You may have never prayed with your spouse. That doesn't mean you can't start tomorrow and have positive influence. I mean, we, we see Peter going from probably the worst spiritual influence, um, a rejecter of Christ, to one of Jesus' greatest spiritual influence. We see it happen within a few hundred yards of each other geographically, and we see it happen in a, in a time span of months. Time with the resurrected Jesus in his word at church, in worship, in small group, in an accountability group— will change you. And when people spend time with you, even if you've walked by them a hundred times and not had anything for them, the time you decide, you know what, uh, the portion that God gave me today is a little too much for me to eat. So I'm going to share with somebody. That time could be enough to get somebody up on their feet walking who's never stood up and walked before. That, that's the story of Acts chapter four that um, that's so cool. And it's interesting, Pastor Christian, that the more you're aware um of this reality that you're going to come within opportunities every day to have some influence in somebody's life. It gives you and inspires you to be more in your word, more and more, more, more on your knees praying to, to receive Jesus in the mornings. And, uh, I've found that oftentimes the more I'm in the word in the mornings, um, the more I'm able to have a better influence in somebody's life and I have something to share. You did this just yesterday. You were reading a book out of a passage, and you sent us all a text message um, just sharing, hey, this is something powerful that I've just read. I want to share it with you. Yeah, building into yourself is just going to give you great opportunity to, to build into others, but you can't give what you don't have. So it's, it starts with time with Jesus, time with the resurrected Jesus, and then just having an awareness on on the people that you walk by every day who you may have walked by a thousand times without impacting them and, and now stopping to see them and see their need and be, and be willing to offer them. You can't offer what you don't have, but you, you can offer what, what you do. Peter and John said, we don't have any money. We do have Jesus. So here's how Jesus helped us, and maybe he can heal you too. And, and the man put his faith in Jesus, and he did. Well, observation number three from this, uh, this message was this. Healing comes from hearing about salvation in the name of Jesus. Um, Acts 4.12 states, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Um, you've already alluded to the, um, the Barna article that I, I just read recently. It, it said this is evangelism going out of style. 
Um, and it was this article about theory versus the practice of evangelism. And really, here's the line that, that intrigued me. It said that most Christians, 73%, believe they are personally responsible for sharing their faith, but only 52% did so in the last year. Where is the disconnect for Christians in sharing their sharing their faith, sharing Jesus? Is it fear? Is it that we don't feel prepared or equipped? Or have we just overcomplicated it? So I think one area that we miss is we aim for, we aim for conversion rather than sharing. And we think we are responsible to convert people. And if we cannot convert people, then we should not even share at all. But that, but that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is just to share, share and, and leave it. A lot of times evangelism, and man, there, there are some, I'm, I'm sure there are some Christians who are going to hate me for saying this. But a lot of times evangelism is like leaving cookies out for Santa. Like you're just setting the table and then praying and, and then praying that they eat. Like we can't make people hungry. The Holy Spirit has to draw people. God has to draw people. But there's there's this there's this weird, you know, as Augustine said, work work like it all depends on you. Pray like it all depends on God. There's this, there's this weird. We we have to do what we can do. What we can do is share. What we can do is share our life. What we can do is share our story. What we can do is share the gospel. But then, but then we deliver a plate, and they they either they take it or they don't, and that's not our responsibility. We can celebrate it, we can enjoy it, but ultimately we are. We are serving up the gospel, and and then we can walk away and know that we've like we've done our response. We've done our responsibility. We continue to live in relationship. We continue to answer questions. But you cannot force feed the gospel to people. And and a lot of people have mistaken evangelism for force feeding the gospel. A lot of people have mistaken evangelism for conversion. I have to get all somebody all the way across the finish line, and we're trying to do what only God is responsible to do. We are responsible to share. Not every Christian is the Apostle Peter. Some of us are the Apostle Andrew, right? We talked about Andrew in our message. Some of us get up and talk, We and we can do the whole deal. It's our spiritual gift to get up and clearly present the gospel um, and get people to a point where they recognize the Holy Spirit is calling them to respond. And then there are others like Andrew who they bring him to Jesus and let and let Jesus do the rest. Um, Andrew brought his brother Peter. Andrew brought Philip's friends. Andrew brought the boy with the fish and the loaves. It's like, you know, I'm, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I'm not even sure how you should pray. But here, here is someone who can tell you how to connect with God. Um, and then the pastor, the evangelist, um, you know, s- someone else takes over. But we we got to quit mistaking evangelism for conversion. Because the reality is like... I don't want to say no one knows, but it takes a while to figure out the fruit, right? I mean, no one would go plant an apple tree and then the next year try to show up before the trunk and the limbs and the leaves and the fruit have bloomed and said it worked or it didn't work or or say name that tree. It's like it doesn't have any fruit yet. Like it it takes a while to grow spiritually. So, you know, we we plant seeds, uh we we turn the soil, we water the soil. We try to keep the weeds out, but only God converts things and brings things to life, and only God really makes things grow. So we got to quit trying to be God 
but we can't do nothing either. So we, you know, we've got to get to the point where we share our life, share our story, share our faith, um, share our faith experiences. Uh, but we got to trust God. God is the one who converts people. Well, let's talk about Andrew for just a moment. Um, he is one of the most often forgotten about disciples, as you you uh, revealed to us at a recent staff meeting um, that we were a part of when you asked us to list the disciples, and many of us forgot about Andrew. So let's talk about that for just a moment. Um, you, you mentioned already uh, about this idea that Andrew was constantly bringing people to Jesus. Every, almost every time he pops up in the New Testament, he's bringing some, something or someone to Jesus. What, what is the difference for us between inviting someone and bringing? And, and what are some strategies you have found helpful when you have made an effort to not only invite, but to bring people to church? So I would say both are important. Um, you know, in inviting people, God uses inviting your barista at your coffee shop. God uses inviting your server at a restaurant. God uses uh, in inviting with a business card, a coworker or a neighbor. He he uses all that. What's the difference between inviting and bringing? Really, it's relational. Um, bringing is, um, hey, ride with me. Bringing is, let's sit together. Bringing is let's have a meal afterwards. Uh, bringing bringing is re- bringing is relational. Uh, inviting says, "Hey, I'd love to, I'd love for you to come to my church. Um, we've got a great speaker coming in. Clayton King is going to be here next week. We've got five services. Um, I think you're really going to love him. Um, hope you can make it. That's inviting and it, it's useful. That'll work. Uh, bringing someone." reaches out and says, hey, we've got a speaker coming to our church um, who I heard a couple years ago. I think you're really going to like him. I'd love for you to come with me. What if I would pick you up before church? We could go to church together. Then afterwards, we could have coffee um, or go grab lunch together, uh, and our kids could play, uh, or you could, you know, kind of hang out at my house afterwards. It's it's relational. It it says, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to take you home, I'm going to be with you, I'm going to host you. Uh, so the difference between inviting and bringing is relational, it's hosting, it's protection. Um, and w- what's cool is it, f- for us, it's it's immediate discipleship. Uh, but because we have at our church, when someone makes a spiritual decision and they acknowledge that, uh, we ask them if they came with someone to acknowledge it to to their friend. So it is, it's a discipleship moment from step one. If you invite someone, they may or may not tell you on Monday, hey, I came and I felt like God spoke to my heart and I responded to the gospel and said, yes, um, you may or may not know that. Versus if you if you bring them um, and you're sitting by them and they make a spiritual decision and acknowledge that and then they reach over and squeeze your hand or pat you on the leg and say, hey, I want you to know that I became a Christian so that you can go get their next steps material and give it to them. And then at lunch, just say, man, tell me how you feel. Tell me what questions you have. Like you have immediate discipleship in bringing this sometimes isn't always occurring in inviting, and, and it's rela- it's relational discipleship, which is the best kind. So th- that's what the difference would be, um, you know, and, and for us, I mean, we invite everyone. Um, we have more success with those we bring, uh, with those we are in relationship with that we invite not to our church, but into our life to sit with us at church or into our life to, you know, hang out, hang out with us after church. Um, it bringing is relational. One of the cool things I love about baptisms is people get to share their story. And most often when people share their story, they remember two people, the person that was speaking that day and the person that brought them to church. And I think that's powerful that we get to play a role 
um, when someone does come to a spiritual decision, we get to play a role in that. So, and everyone can invite and everyone can bring. Everyone can invite, everyone can bring. So we said, yeah, be a, be a bringer, right? Be Andrew, be a, be a bringer. If you can, if you can be the apostle Peter, be him too. Go ahead and stand up at, at work and preach a sermon. God will use that. They say, oh, that's just not me. That's okay. It's not everyone. Um, be an Andrew. Uh, be a bringer. God uses that too. Well, Pastor Christian, thank you for the challenge this week and the reminder for all of us to share Jesus in every opportunity we can. And we want to thank you for listening today and carving out a few moments um, to, to check out the Activate podcast. We pray that this continues to be a great resource for you as you strive to be more like Jesus every day. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate podcast where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.